Welcome to the Hey, welcome to The Alternative for Thursday, May the 10th, 2007. We have, a, we have an interesting show today. Um, to be honest, I'm not even sure if my guest host is with me. Dave, are you here? I'm here. You're here. Right? They, never, they never let us know. We, we do the show by telephone, eh? And uh, they never let us know if like, we're actually on the phone together or not, so you kind of have to guess at the very beginning. Dave, we've got a great show today. Um, We've already recorded uh, about half of it with our conversation with Aaron Wall, which we, we had to record at about 10.30 our time this morning because um, Aaron had other stuff he had to do at this time. But, you know, we have, uh, we have a great guest, the very first guest we ever had on the show, Pete Newman from uh, way back in October. I know. I am so looking forward to that one and uh, a joyous thing that he gets to be, uh, gets to be first up. Uh, but, of course, we already know the interview with Aaron Wall was, uh, was an excellent one, and uh, I think our, our listeners will get a lot of great information from it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it when it goes. I'm just finding out now that Pete is on the air. Um, just to give uh, listeners a bit of a background here about Pete, Pete's a grizzled industry veteran. He's been around since the beginning of time, or at least since the mid-'80s or mid-'90s, which is kind of the same thing. Um <laughs> Anyway, Pete's been around the block more times than, than most of us ever will, and uh, he, he's looking to be a, he purports to be an industry pundit, and he's probably going to be coming on the show frequently in the future. Pete, how you doing? Welcome back to The Alternatives. I, I, you know, I just feel tired hearing you introduce me, Jim. Thanks so much. <laughs> it's good to be here. So, um, yeah, I have been doing this for quite a while, I guess, since, you know, since the, the mid-90s. So I feel like um, I've, I've seen it, you know, from, from both sides. And um, just loving what we're seeing right now. It's a good time to be alive and in the Internet. Well, what are you seeing happening right now? Um, when we were talking earlier, we, we talked, you were going to be talking about the spin mm-hmm. and spends and, uh, and trends that are happening out there. What do you see happening? Sure. So I gave that some thought, and... Um, I think that most recent trend, this won't sound very profound, but the trend is currently speed. Um, and and I'll, I want to elaborate on that quite a bit, actually. Um, so speed, and it's really speed in the market. What's happened is we're, we're in an economy here, and it's Web 2.0 thing here, which is allowing us to get things done an awful lot faster. But it's also requiring businesses to respond to market pressure in a huge hurry right now. In fact, in such a hurry that it's getting difficult to develop technology rapidly enough it's the old buy, build, or lease proposition, and build is um, rapidly becoming um, no longer no longer a viable alternative for large businesses. Um, just recently, you can see eBay. I think that was yesterday. They bought StumbleUpon, and Meg Whitman indicates they're on a very aggressive path toward acquisition this year in order to keep th- finding things that build onto the uh, onto the business. Yahoo, as you know, earlier this year acquired Right Media. MySpace had to acquire PhotoBucket. In fact, MySpace had kicked PhotoBucket off, and the users, you know kind of said, oh, no, and um, MySpace found themselves having to buy that thing instead. Google acquired DoubleClick, and last year you saw AOL doing a spate of, um, spate of acquisitions, including Truvio, LightningCast, and Weblogs. Um, currently there's talk of Microsoft buying Yahoo, and as you can see, Juice just got a bunch of money as well. 
So the current trend is people are having to make their businesses work faster to, to, to um, respond to market pressure or get left behind. And the, the way to do that now is through acquiring business. So it's, it's, a great, it's, it's effectively become a seller's market. So it's a great time to, um, to have a smart business that's actually making money that can, that can bolt on to new existing business. So why can't the larger networks build their own? Why are they, why are they acquiring uh I mean, you know, they have problems of their own. I mean, you look at, you look at MySpace acquiring PhotoBucket. MySpace is, you know, they're defending a billion-dollar lawsuit right now, and they have, you know, they're going through the throes of being acquired themselves. So there's, no, I'm sorry, that was um, YouTube getting the, getting the billion-dollar lawsuit. I'm an idiot. Um, anyway, MySpace is just trying to build, you know, they have, they have to deal with their users. They have to do what, they have to do what they're good at. There was a, an interesting article today in one of the, um, one of the online journals Who's that? Who's the CEO of? Um, oh, I should know this now. Anyway, he's, it, it doesn't matter. He's a really smart guy. He's out. Of, he's out of New York. Runs one of the um, behavioral targeting networks. And he talked about you know focusing on your core metric and knowing what that one core metric is and building that out. So you know large large networks are being so being forced to do what they're good at, and other folks are getting good at other stuff that they need to be doing as well. But you can only do so many things at once. It's just all happening so fast right now, and video has added an entire layer of complexity to this. I mean, video is, it's, you know, it was text and voice, and now it's video. So you've got this whole new chance to get good at stuff. I mean, you can look at video search just blowing up right now. You've got Truvio, Pixie, Blinks, guys you've never heard of before, and these guys are in super aggressive content aggregation mode. Um, they're, doing a, they're doing deals hard and fast, trying to become the next big thing. Um, it, right now there's the market's wide open in video search, and someone's going to come out. There's going to be a one, two, and a three player in that, sort of like what happened in search. No, so see, uh, people just no. can't get good at everything. Good. Hello? Okay, if I can jump in here, Pete, this, uh, this is Dave Davies. If I can jump in here with a, with a quick question for you. Now, you were touching on some of the acquisitions earlier. Now, uh, often on the shows and, and on a lot of SEO shows, we, how does this affect the SEOs, all these acquisitions? Okay, let's get back to, to who's really important here, and that is the uh, sort of the business owner. How do you think these acquisitions and social media, and you were discussing video as well, how is this going to affect the, the sort of small to, to mid-level online retailer in regards to what they now need to know? And if they don't need to know it, um, where like sort of the new requirements are going to be on their staff and who they have to hire. Um, what sort of effect sure. do you see for them? Interesting question, Dave. That's, that's actually a hell of a good question. Um, you know, I'm actually in the video, in the social, social video space myself. I'm not going to pitch my own thing because it's not launched yet, and it's just bad manners anyway. But um, I really see a leveling of the playing field coming up here because currently the businesses that are able to promote themselves online are the ones that are great at SEO or the ones that have a ton of money and are able to spend lots of money on marketing there. Um, over time, as, as, um, as this, I mean, there's a, there's a book out there called The Clue Train Manifesto. A friend of mine, Christopher Locke, is one of the authors of that. He's a guy who lives in just down the street from me in Boulder. And um, the first tenet of that is mar a marketplace is a conversation. Um, technology is just now catching up to that idea, which was written about 10 years ago, and that we can now have a conversation. We can have a real conversation about a brand, about a business, about a service, about a product. Um, what's happening is users are now gaining the power over the brand, and that's a good thing because in order for a brand to survive, it should truly be worth a damn. You should be selling shoes that are good and that last, and let people talk about the shoes that are good and that last, and people will 
tell each other what's great about a thing. So for a small business, it's really good just to do it. I mean, it's, it's not just good enough to do a great job, but it's becoming increasingly important to be really, really good at what you're doing and then find a way to have people get the word out. I mean, right now you've got companies like Lulu TV, YouTube, Rever, and Meta Cafe that are all paying their users to post content. So at this point, um, it's, it's really important to get the users of your product or services on board with you and get them to be, be, become, I guess, brand sirens or brand lighthouses. Um, on the SEO front there, in the video side, um, I don't know enough about that to make a real comment as far as how it's going to affect the SEO world. Well, how are the larger brands trying to attract user loyalty? What kind of programs are they offering, revenue shares? Um, and also, how do the smaller brands compete against this? Smaller brands are actually are actually walking onto a more level playing field because um, information is becoming more and more freely disseminated. There are, are networks of people talking about stuff. You go onto MySpace, and people are talking about you know about cool new things that you wouldn't hear about otherwise. So you know you, if, if you're looking for trends, you go on these um these these networks, and you see people are discussing amongst themselves. Um, how does a brand get insinuated into that? They they sell a damn good product. And they find themselves a brand champion, not a flogger, but a brand champion, someone who can genuinely discuss the pros and cons of that, of that a brand and then get it out there. And I think really the social networks are the most genuine way to, to make your message these days. I mean, I think at this point we're all kind of catching on that search is, um, search is a very tough business to be in. Um, people are skeptical of search, especially increasingly um, so now. Because we understand that, you know, a search result is effectively a marketing person attempting to gain you, get you to click on something. Whereas a, you know, a actual user talking about an actual product, um, you know, personal recommendations are very, very powerful. When you go to a city and you, and you ask the concierge, what's a great restaurant here, you're not sure if he's giving you a great recommendation or if he's giving you a recommendation where he gets, he gets you know, a spiff from. But if you ask the cab driver, hey, what's a great restaurant, he'll probably tell you what he likes. So I think... I think as we, as we continue to, to watch this market evolve and to watch social media evolve, it's going to become more word-of-mouth um, more word of mouth advertising and more people telling each other what's cool and what's good to do. You're going to see it across all the networks. Now, you bring up a, a, a good point, but I do have a question on that tangent. You've mentioned the leveling of the playing field. Um, mm-hmm. But now, wouldn't a company such as we'll use Nike, for an example, um, sure. have a, a much higher chance and, and much more exposure among their own users. I mean, these people have massive traffic to their site just Uh to begin with. Now, doesn't that give them an unfair advantage when we move on into the social realm um, in that they can now use this vehicle they call a website um, to drive traffic through to the the social media forums, um, giving them, again, a disadvantage or making an unleveled playing field? Interesting point. Um, I think, you know, the bigger you are, the harder you get a fall, too. I mean, I think Nike makes one misstep, and they can also watch their, their, their users jump ship and look for the next cool thing. Um, I, I don't know how much loyalty Nike has. I mean, I, I, I wear athletic shoes, and I, could, I couldn't fly me to tell you what brand I wore today at the gym, and that was about an hour ago, and I really have no idea. Um, um, I, while Nike does have a great fan base, um, there are lots of little shoe companies out there that have great fan bases as well. I mean, you look at the skater community, and you look at Vans and some other brands out there that have gained, gained tremendous popularity um, just because of, you know, of their cool factor. Granted, Nike has a lot more money for product placement and to, um, to kind of assign a cool factor, but you know, 
one, if they ever enter the flogging world, God help them, right? I mean, you saw you saw um, Walmart just really take it take it hard when they posted had that had that flog out there. Um, but no, Nike walks in with an advantage, but they also walk in with a huge suite of products, so maybe deservedly so. Um, but I, I really think there's plenty, plenty more room now than before. I think it's a lot easier to launch a shoe company these days than it was back when it was Nike and Converse, because now you've got all these little niche markets, and you can set up a web, you can set up a web store, and you can go to clubs and you can show off your shoes, and people will say, "Hey, where'd you get those?" So I think it's, I think it's actually easier now than it was before. You know, you, you well, bring so- up some good points there. Now we've spent uh, quite a bit of time here, and, and I think it's great um, discussing some of the current trends. But I mean, you're, you're an icon and probably one of the most knowledgeable about the way the trends are working on on the internet right now. What would you say is, if you had to take a guess, something that we're not talking about right now, but we should be? What is the next big thing as far as as marketing websites? Is that for me or for Jim? Oh, <laughs> that'll be for you. Oh, okay. Um, I think the next big trend is really power to the people. Um, this is the, and I, I, I kind of touched on that, and I, I really, that's the, actually the one that's hottest in my mind right now, is that rightly so, power to the people, because people are the ones that write the checks, that buy the stuff, that make the stock, that make the whole thing go round. So users vote. Users vote with their clicks. They vote with their time. They vote with their dollars. It's all the same thing. They vote with their credit cards. They vote with their checkbooks. And they vote with their cash. So users are now getting the power. You can see subscription models are failing across the Internet, and it's really coming down to, 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 users, pay, to, to users making the decisions there. They're determining what the brands are going to be. They're, determining, they're, they're voting for stuff. You look at American Idol right now. Here's a huge example of people voting for what's great. You saw Sanjaya stick around for a long time, too, on Idol because you had the subversive counterculture. However, the wisdom of crowds, and I think this is going to be a huge thing going forward, is that people in mass are going to start making good decisions. Look at Wikipedia. Look at American Idol. You had a bunch of a bunch of yo-yos really going out there and trying to pump Sanjaya, but over time, the the, math, the the sheer momentum of the wisdom of the crowd rolled right over that. I think you're going to see users getting more and more rewards for what they do online because it's the right thing to do um, because because they can. It's it's. People are going to are going to start getting more and more good stuff for for interacting with brands, with websites, and what have you, because they deserve it. Because they are they are becoming the brand sirens. Although sometimes people power can get out of control, such as uh, last week at Dig. What, what's your take on what happened at Dig last week? You know what? If I if I could render an intelligent opinion, I would, I, but I can't. Okay, well, how about the idea of the user revolution? The users actually run the social network. Are we going to see, do you think we'll see more of that um, as administrators try to regulate or or police their environment, the users standing up on mass saying, yo, hold it. You can't do that here. Well, absolutely. I mean, mean, the the crowds are wise, right? We're a... We're a country of free, smart folks. Um, you know, that, that's debatable, I know. But, you know, we've, um, we've become an economic powerhouse over time. And I really do believe that we are smart enough to make our own decisions and decide what the media is that we want to ingest and how we want it to interact with us. Um, I, I think it's truly a good thing. I think you're going to see little pockets of nonsense. I mean, even... Capitalism is a, is a great business model, right? It, it, it closely mimics nature, but even capitalism, capitalism must be reined in from time to time by our government. You know, the Fed steps in and adjusts interest rates and what have you. So you need to apply steering power to it, 
but you really can't you really can't drive the car as well as you could in the past because the users have too much power and they also have too many choices if you if you um if if you disenchant them they will go away because they have choices now too and they well, also what about running with legal I mean, issues no in the future? I mean, we, we're going to have some serious to, copyright just, issues just coming to, down the pipe. And... Someone. I'm sorry, go ahead. Wow, it's, I'm not quite sure how that... There's a weird echo happening on the phone for us. I don't know if the listeners can hear it or not, but our timing is getting seriously messed out by this uh, this strange back-and-forth echo. But, Pete, what I was well, going to ask I'm on is, the moon um, right now, so I'm calling from, calling from a spacecraft, so there's a, lot of, there's a lot of lag there, too. That could be it. That could be <laughs> it. It's the moon colony effect. Um, I wanted to uh, to ask about your opinion on copyright issues that that are probably coming up in the that are probably coming up in the future. Um, again, going back to the situation that happened with Dig, but I think we can see this on other networks as well. Um, mm-hmm. Copyrighted material or copyright codes get put out there. Um, music gets put out there. Literature gets put out there, and. Um, it's difficult for the content creators. Um, we 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 see this with the suits against YouTube, mm-hmm. to you know to to, to to control the 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 product that their creators made. Um, how do you see this playing in the future? Well, I mean, I think copyright material is sacrosanct and rightly so. It was it was developed by somebody, you know, in, in hopes of making money or for whatever reason, and they certainly deserve to have control over where their mark or their content shows up. It's, it's utterly fair. Copyrighted material shouldn't be showing up. Um, you know, in some cases, users have gotten out of control, and, but because they've been allowed to as, as well, right? They're, I mean, you really need to have standards and practices in place which simply don't allow that. I mean, it's, it's, not your, it's not your content. It doesn't belong there. If you want to see it, go find it there. I mean, on the flip side, you know, I watch, I watch Family Guy clips on YouTube once in a while. And you know what? I don't watch any less Family Guy um, on, on, on Fox because, because I've seen it on YouTube. In fact, if nothing else, it whets my appetite because it rem- I remember that I love that episode and I want to see it again. So, but it's still, it's still not a great thing to be out there. Um, I think, you know, you're going to see... Technology catching up with that problem. You see guys like Podzinger right now who are claiming, you know, a 75% or 70% recognition rate um, on, on video. So over time, you'll be able to have some intelligent AI in the background, um, which will be filtering out copyrighted content, and we'll get better at that, too. You know, also, I mean, it's Moore's Law in effect. Um, as it gets easier to create good content, it'll be easier not to post rehash. I mean, I think the cell phone's going to become an incredibly important device in the video world because I'll leave the, I will leave the house without my watch, but I will not leave without my cell phone. And my cell phone is a video capture device. And once it gets easy um, to post my content, you're going to see a lot more cool original content because people want to think of cool stuff to do. They're going to catch news, and you'll see citizen journalism coming out of cell phones. At some point in the next two years, you're, going to see, you're probably going to see a Pulitzer coming from a cell phone picture. Well, that would be awfully cool. Um, earlier, earlier in the uh, conversation, you alluded to this being a great time to be in development, a great time to be in the internet industry. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more. There's a lot more development money flowing down the pipe right now. What, why do you see that happening? Um, because this is '98, '97, all over again. I mean, if the the um, the enthusiasm's back, and and a bunch of us are building cool stuff. And the good thing is, we've um, we've we've all fallen off the horse once. So now we're building stuff that we're actually building stuff that's designed to make money from the from the start, which is a hell of a business model, right? Making money. So um, 
I really believe the money's flowing down because it has to. I mean, the market is just increasing in size, and I think video is really a huge part of that, too, because, you know, what was a somewhat static web, it became a dynamic web, and now it's a video web. There's just so much more to do now. It's, it's, almost, a, it's, it's almost an exponential effect when you multiply it by video. There, there's, the, the, you know, there's so much more bandwidth being used. There's so much more cool stuff you can do. And, you know, people are consuming it at a, at a fantastic rate. So I think the money has to flow into it because there's just so much more to do now. How should small businesses or uh, smaller web marketers, what technologies should they be looking at to, uh, to deal with, with, with uh, the needs of their clients going forward? Okay, that's, um, that's a good question. I was talking to a guy just the other day at Pixie, and um, his, his wife told him, he lives in San Fran, he, and, she, and he, his wife said, you know, I won't even go to a restaurant that doesn't have a website, which is, which is kind of funny considering you know, that you know, some restaurants didn't have yellow, pages at, yellow page ads 20 years ago. And all of a sudden, you know, people are saying, if it, doesn't have a, if it doesn't have a website and I can't see the menu, I don't think they're legitimate. So I think small businesses need to have a web presence. You've got the turn here, the local dot com, all these cool places that you can you can post video or you know of, of your of your place of business there. As a small business, you really need to do a video tour and show your face. People like to do business with people that they like. A human face. I mean, we have a facial recognition center in our brain, and people like to do business with people that they, you know, that look like them. Right? If I see a guy with twenty facial piercings, I might be less inclined to do business with that guy. I mean, I was that guy once, but now I'm not. And I want to do business with a peer of mine and somebody that I think is likable, and I can tell that by looking at the guy and listening to him talk. I can tell if he's telling the truth, and if he's a person that's like me. The short so the answer, the, oh, answer is have a video clip of your of your business. Okay, getting into video, getting, at the very least, getting a base website up. Um, mm-hmm. What are stuff that small businesses who already are online, who already have a web presence, mm-hmm. what aren't they looking at now? What are they doing wrong? Like, they're, it's an equal playing field, but they're competing against some, some pretty savvy players. Wow, that's a great question as well. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't buy a lot of stuff online. I have a wife that does that instead. Um, and she buys from a lot of small businesses because they're, um, they offer a unique product, and they're competitive in price, and she is one hell of a shopper. So if they're doing anything wrong, I mean, she would know. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not a, um, I'm probably not a great source of information on that. But I think the thing they can do right is to have a fully functional website, which, you know, doesn't bog down. These are things that they've been doing back in 95 anyway. Um, and then, you know, clearly be, com- you know, be competitive. Offer, have great return policies. Offer free shipping. It's become an entry standard to have free shipping and free return. And, you know, differentiate yourself. Offer something cool. Dave? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. I was getting a bit of a, a bit of a delay, so I wasn't uh, wasn't quite sure. There is just something a, a little odd with this uh, with this connection here, so I, I, I'm really sorry for that. Now, what um, you, you were discussing the the aspect of video and and you know the as the case with the piercings and and how uh, we're we're more prone when we can uh, when we can recognize somebody. I think that's a very valid point. Now, what can a website owner? Let's assume that we have as as we probably do on. on on air right now, uh, a number of people who may not have the capacity at this time to get into video. Are there any suggestions you might have for ways to sort of make your your website itself, without the use of video, 
um, more appealing uh, sure. to your target audience? How to sort of gear your your website to convey the honesty and and the I understand you kind of kind of appeal? Absolutely, that's that's a cakewalk right there. Um, my my wife is an eBay merchant, and she lives and dies by her positive feedback. She 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 um she completely frets whenever she gets anything negative, and she just beams when she gets positive feedback, and she buys from other sellers based upon their feedback. Um, there's a there's a guy who's been on television for about ten years ago, uh, ten years now. His name's Andrew Lessman. He's on HSN, um, pretty regular guest on Sundays. He's a huge part of HSN's revenue. His name's Andrew Lessman. He owns a company in Nevada called Andrew Lessman's Your Vitamins. Now Andrew gets up there and he for one he he does a video pitch, but but he's up there and it's his face the whole time, convincingly talking about what he loves. Um, if you can't get a, get a video of yourself up there, get a picture of yourself. Doesn't matter what you look like. Get an image of yourself up there, you know, and and make it friendly. Beyond that, Andrew reads he reads three by five cards for about ten minutes per show about users writing into him saying, "Hey, this is a great product. It worked for me. I lost twenty pounds. I can see better. My joints don't ache. You know, I've got you know pep in my step. My hair went from blonde to black. All sorts of things there." And he reads these testimonial cards, and it's very compelling. So and you see HSN without user call-ins as well. So if you can't get video on there. Get some user feedback, elicit feedback, and then post it. Okay, guys, I'm getting messages from the booth. Go to a message board and put a blog on your site, too. And let your, let your, your loyal <laughs> users, your brand sirens, talk about <laughs> you in text, too. People will read that. I mean, I read consumer reports, and I, I do a fair amount of research about products I'm looking to buy before I do. If I'm, if I'm going to buy you know, a plasma TV or what have you, I read what people have to say about it first. Okay, guys, this echo thing's too much. Um, I was saying just a second ago, I'm getting a message from the booth that we've got to take it out now. This um, We're going to be going over time. We still have a 35-minute interview with Aaron Wall to come up. Um, Pete, the time goes so fast. We're going to have to have you on again and again and again. Thank you so much for your insights today. Oh, thanks for the great questions, too. That was, um, that was nice and challenging. I appreciate that. Well, we have to go to commercial now here on uh, The Alternative on Webmaster Radio. Um, Dave and I are going to be signing off now because the rest of the show is actually recorded. We interviewed Aaron Wall at 10.30 this morning. Um, so thanks for listening. Stick around for the interview with Aaron Wall. It's a really great conversation. Stick around for the great content coming up on Webmaster Radio this afternoon. Um, and again, thanks for listening to The Alternative, sponsored by the ISEDN.org on webmasterradio.fm. Talk to you next week. On webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back after this short commercial break. Want traffic? For results without hassle, look no further than Search Ad Network. Focused on your core goals, our dedicated account management team will drive your online sales, increase brand recognition, and generate leads for offline sales through expert search engine marketing and technology. In addition, Search Ad Network offers free click fraud detection and API access into all major engines to ensure your business reaches their desired ROI. Visit SearchAdNetwork.com today to experience true profit through performance. Are your ads managing you? Tired of click fraud and little or no ROI on your pay-per-click search ads? 
Take control. Reduce your costs and gain valuable traffic with effective flat fee featured listings on over 245 search engines and web directories from the ISEDN.org, the independent search engine and directory network. Now free yourself from click fraud, bidding, and hassles with low-cost top 10 exposure for less than $4 a month from ISEDN. So visit ISEDN.org today and discover how easy it is maximizing your company's online revenue stream with affordable search engine and directory flat fee ads from the ISEDN.org. And now, transport back into the alternative on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host, Jim Hedger. Hey, folks, we're back from break, and uh, on the line with us now, we have the one, the only, Aaron Wall from seobook.com and threadwatch.org. Aaron, how are you doing? Welcome to the alternative. Hey, thanks uh, for having me on. Pretty good. Well, we've been, How are you guys we've doing? been trying to get you on for a while, man. It's uh, it's great having you here. Um, for the last couple of years, you've been a rising voice in the SEO and SEM community. You've had some um, very sensible and often very uh, somewhat outrageous things to say. Um, how long how long you been uh, been involved in the in the SEO world? Um, I've been on the web since like the beginning of two thousand. Three is like a person trying to learn about the the web and in that sort of stuff. Um, my first website wasn't that good, so I kind of fell into SEO that way. So that would, you know, be sometime early 2003. Right on. And you started compiling information and doing writings. I guess you started. You got in right around the time when blogs were just taking off, eh? Yeah, I, I started online in 2003, and by the end of 2003, it was pretty clear to me that um, that blogs were we're getting a lot more of the link equity, a lot, lot easier. So it was like um, in December of 2003, I started my SEO book site. So that really helped the, the timing on that. was a really good deal for me. I remember no. when you started your SEO book site, actually. Um, that was my, my very first encounter with you, actually. Was, uh, you took out AdWords advertising under my name. I remember that. <laughs> that oh, was yeah, I wasn't that aggressive with some of the stuff I did. So... But. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think everyone, like, you know, you have very lo- various levels of aggressiveness, and when you're new, you're more aggressive, and then after you've done stuff for a while, you usually get less aggressive, or at least, at least less aggressive in your core markets, and then are maybe more aggressive in the, the new ones you enter. <laughs> so. Now, speaking of, of aggressive, uh, I guess in a quasi way, you had some comments, uh, and, and I was hoping to have you on last week to discuss this, um, in relation to uh, some things that uh, one Mr. Matt Kites said. Um, so, speaking of, of sort of aggressive in some of the comments that were made um, towards Matt Cutts and, and his subsequent silence after there regarding um, paid links and, and how we basically, uh, as webmasters, should be able to rat on each other um, and the aggressive and the aggressive tactic of um, using paid links as an SEO tactic specifically. What can you speak regarding uh, to regarding uh, the whole issue with Matt Cutts um, and what he said, and, and do you think it's going to take off? Um, people basically reporting each other. Theoretically, we're supposed to be reporting our own, of course, but that's probably not going to happen. Uh, what um, I, I don't really see it really taking off that much, just because the, uh, I mean, the, the big thing is, is they don't do a lot with the spam reports, and they historically haven't with, with a large chunk of them anyway, I would say. So given that, given that people don't see the immediate gratification from the stuff they've done back then, I don't think that the uh, the paid link reports are going to do that much, especially since they said they're not even going to use them directly. 
So, I mean, even if they want, so by saying they're not going to use them directly, even those that were really of the kind of let me snitch variety are going to be much less likely to, to do it if they don't think it's going to, you know, have any direct effect. Um, <clears throat> I think the bigger problem is just the, the concept of the average webmaster being afraid to do anything with links. And, like, the, the link graph of the web, I think, gets uglier and uglier and uglier. I mean, you get full of, it's nothing but nepotistic links, um, people linking to big sites to try to look legitimate, um, to, to try to make it look like they're part of that community. And, and then there's, you know, um, you know, whatever types of bot links there are. And then the, the, the percent of links that are natural and high quality and, that keeps going down, I think, because more and more people keep thinking they can get paid for for links. And I actually think Google AdSense is what kind of turned the web in that general direction. Well, that, and that's a very, very good and, and kind of ironic point um, is in regarding AdSense, AdWords, and uh, you know, Google selling text links essentially. Now, what? Uh, now, I know, or I hope you're familiar with, or I'm about to bring it up. Um, Yahoo's sort of launching or, or accepting of the no content tag. So basically, webmasters can specify sections of their page that um, you know aren't basically to be read as part of the content of that page. Basically, saying this isn't relevant to the overall page content. Uh, it's pretty clear from the way it's worded that that's going to be used for a variety of reasons. One of which is to block out advertising to say this series of content, i.e. these ads, are not part of the overall content of the page. Um, the links will still be followed, but uh, it'll be understood as, as not part of, of that actual page or site. Do you think that this is something that could be adopted by the other engines similar to the rel equals no follow tag as another means um, of doing, you know, sort of blocking out paid links in an even a more sneaky way? Um, and if so, do you think webmasters would adopt something? that at all um i can see people trying to push it i don't know what the option will be like um the adoption of no follow is usually i think i think that's another thing worth pointing out i mean the, the adoption of no follow has pretty much not been in uh consistent with how it was originally proposed or or i think how people would you know desire to to, to have it done like for example i saw one guy mention that he ranks number one for his name and the alternate spelling for his name and over someone else who has that alternate speller being the correct version of his name and he's like in parentheses after you know and naturally I no followed that link you know so I was like well that's an editorial link no followed and then a lot of people you know no follow a lot of editorial links a lot of their internal links like arbitrarily are no followed in, in ways that don't make sense so I think the usage is kind of you know doesn't make sense on the no follow by, by how it's being adopted, you know. But um, as far as the no content thing, I could see search engines trying to push it. But um, the reason why I think is Yahoo has stuff like you know Yahoo Answers and, and, and Yahoo is like the leading content site. Well, Yahoo is not as good at, at Google at understanding what you know the, the link graph. I don't think, and then also I don't think they're quite as good at on the page relevancy stuff. So. Um, Given that Yahoo has a more more of a preponderance for on the page relevancy criteria than Google, um, I can see why with with them having their own social content stuff, why they would want other people to use this this no content stuff. And it might start off of uh, hey, use this on your advertising things, but really, as as the web gets more and more of this social content stuff, eventually some of the, some of the people pushing it may adopt for hey, just use this for the user contributed section, you know. 
So I'll bring that in a bit. I mean, it, it's almost sort of say that now, but when No Follow was first proposed, proposed, it wasn't proposed as a thing for for paid links or advertisements, and yet now that's like the uh, it's almost as though that was what it was originally proposed for. If you read Matt's blog. Right. Aaron, a few minutes ago, you alluded that uh, webmasters aren't using the nofollow tag properly, and that many aren't using them properly. Do you think it's hard for webmasters to uh, to get it to understand why Google or Yahoo would uh, would come out with these tags? Well, I think it's I think it's more like that the intent of them shifts, and then the peop- of the people who actually understand how and why it's supposed to be used, the people that actually take the effort in to use it are often only willing to take that effort in if there's some, you know, significant self-gain out of using it. <laughs> so a lot of the usage is, is therefore, you know, anti-competitive and, and that sort of stuff. Now, if I can, sorry, jump in with uh, with another question here, and it's on a slightly different tangent, but one I want to make sure that we have um, we have time to cover when we've got uh, somebody, you know, of your caliber certainly in the, in the link building area, um, you know, on the line with us. What do you see as sort of the next the evolution um, of of link building? Um, there's there's lots of attacks right now by the engines on detection for paid links. Um, you know there there is the relic with no follow being used to to, to block out um, basically blog comments spam and forum spam. You know, a, a great use of of that tag in that area. Um, what do you see as as the next big thing? Um, are we going to be heading into, into social media? How does that um, sort of relate as a link-building tactic? What are you prepping for now? Um, honestly, I, I tend to think that, um, I mean, I use a variety of factors. I try to, I try to when, I, when, I, when I create a site, I try to create um, a couple pieces of content on it that I think are, okay, this is definitely the best in this vertical that covers this query or this set of queries. And then I'll even sometimes buy AdWords for it off the start in, in addition to, you know, asking for links, trying to get links to it and references for it. Um, the big thing that I like, which I, I don't know that it's a long-term, you know, going to be long-term good forever, but I do like, I do like Review Me, although I, I had equity stake and I sold it. I do like getting reviews in popular channels. Review Me is one way of doing that, and then there's also, you know, just, Reading a content channel long enough to just get understand it to get one of the leading you know one of the leading bloggers or a, a subset of leading bloggers to want to write about your your stuff. I, I mean, I think that's so so easy to do and so not not well done by most people. It's it, it's like you know almost a lot. Some of the leading blogs are almost you can almost think of them like journalists. You know how journalists a lot of journalists are kind of overworked. And they're just looking for someone to help them do their job. Well, if you kind of learn the channels well enough, you can wrap your story around what you think they'd like, and and then some of them are, of course, going to like it and be receptive to it. So, you know, I'll back that. Absolutely, that's that's a great tip. Um, if people send material into the journals, or they get the they send materials to the the bloggers or journalists. Um, you know, help us do our jobs because, like like Aaron said, we are radically overworked, and it's a, it's a great promotion technique. What other promotion techniques are you using right now with uh, with some of your news sites and also with SEO Book? Um, with SEO Book, the main thing that's helped me a lot recently, I would say, is probably the fact that there's a lot of SEO tools on it, um, and that like it gets to be self reinforcing when you rank for some of those. Like I rank like number three in Google for like keyword tool, or 
keyword suggestion or something like that, you know, like Google Yahoo Me. So, um, you know, again, that's a, that whole self-reinforcing thing with, with just some of the subset ideas that works well. Um, other things that I've done, too, I mean, it, it's mostly, mostly, honestly, I've done a lot of the blogging stuff right now, but I've also been uh, getting more into the um, being readily available for um, traditional, like, press type stuff. Like, I had, like, I got featured in the Wall Street Journal and Forbes, like, a week or two ago. Yeah, that's and, um I think those sorts of citations also build on themselves. I, I talked to other friends who became, like, key spokespersons for certain issues who never intended to actually be the spokespersons for those issues. They just mentioned it once, got mentioned in the media once, and it just kept snowballing. So mm-hmm. I think I think the the same way sometimes, you know, bloggers and RSS subscribers and those sort of people keep going back to the most popular channels or the channels they keep running into again and again via various r- routes. I think the media also does that with, okay, this guy's already been referenced in the journal, so maybe I can trust him too, you know. So now, I think like making a site look as credible as possible so that it's easy to easy to want to trust and reference is, is important as well for, for that regard. So like when I get a press mention, I'll make sure that you know my site somehow mentions it somewhere, either like on an about page or, or some other way. Now, you, you've touched on a, on a really interesting um, subject there that I don't know. I mean, every case is specific, and that's, that's getting into link baiting. Um, I know there are a ton of questions among our listeners, among pretty much anybody in the in the web community who's who's building or working with websites on how to do it. A, a lot of people don't even quite know what link bait is. You're obviously using your tools as as a great mechanism for it on your site. Um, what are some of the main questions that you think webmasters or, or website owners should be asking themselves when they want to get into some variety? Um, of link bait, be it informational or, or okay. Um, if I was the person I want the link off, if I was the person who I wanted the link from, would I be receptive to this link request for how I phrase it, and would I be receptive to the formatting of it? Would I be receptive to the content of it? Would I re- be receptive to the general idea? So basically, instead of starting with "Here's my site now, now damn link to me, you damn bastards," <laughs> start from the other way around. Here's the popular channels that kind of relate to me. What can I do that, that, that I know they'll love, and then how can I work to relate that back to my site or what I'm doing? And, and you, you go from that angle, and it's so much easier to create something that, that will, will spread virally and, and, and fit their needs because rather than starting with, damn it, me, 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 you're starting off with them, you know? So, and starting off with their interests, you know, it's 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 a much easier way to go than to, to start from soft promo and trying to work your way out. You know, I, I do think that uh, I, the question that just pops into my mind when, when you say that, Aaron, um, you're you. You're Aaron Wall. And you're, you're, you're writing somebody saying, I've got this material here. Um, I've really appreciated what, what you've been printing. Would you want to link back to me? Um, do you think it's as easy for newer webmasters to get these links as it might be for you to get them? So, so some of my link baits go out... Um, via friends, some of them go out via anonymous characters, perhaps. It's usually not me associated with my stuff. Most areas where I'm doing link bait aren't. The link bait's not usually readily available with my name or me or anyone else. It's, 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 it's not like it's, I'm leveraging my name or position or nothing. It's usually I'm in markets that I don't have that much influence in yet, and uh, 
I'm trying to build it up. Well, and you've been you've been really good at that over over the last couple of years. Um, are there any emerging markets that you see right now that um, search search or internet marketers ought to be looking at but aren't? Um, yeah, I think video will be huge. Um, and then I another thing I think will be huge is a lot of people are trying to get into how do we socialize this and get you know all these people commenting on it. How do we get this? Um, how do we get you know? everyone else to create our content for us, how to create this content platform, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I honestly think that the high-quality editorial-controlled content is, is just more and more flavors of noise enter the web. Trustworthy, useful editorial content that's just high-quality and, and from a trusted name or trusted brand and it's consistent, I, I really think that's undervalued in, in the long term because um, everyone's just so focused on automation and cranking things out and getting an old trusted website and, and, and pounding away at that, you know, and, you know, here's subdomain spam, here's, I could be more aggressive with links on an old site, I can create all these thousands of pages of content, but, um, you know, if, if, if you've got a site that's a bit trusted and you keep um, tight editorial control of what you're doing, I think that's important. Another thing is to make sure that you're balancing your, um, any content creation you're doing with some some amount of link building, such that you know you're not building pages that aren't going to get indexed. Okay. Well, speaking of speaking of less noise out there, you're one of the moderators of Threadwatch.org, um, started by Nick Wilson, uh, mm-hmm. I guess back in 2002. How's that project going? You've been you've been on it for about what a year and a half now. Yeah, it's actually not going as well as I'd like. But the problem is, is that. It's, it's not really as good of a business model as my other sites, and I have so little time. Um, I'd like to do a much better job with it than I have. Um, but it's like, it, it's, it's, it's really hard. It's because you've got one channel that makes, you know, more per day than what the next one does per month, and more people read the, and are more receptive to the, you know, the one that's making more. And, you know, pretty much any sign of thankfulness, reception, or all that stuff, you have more of it on the other channel. <laughs> it's really hard to pour yourself into one channel when no matter what you do, a lot of times you get called like an asshole, you know. <laughs> so, Threadwatch I, is I think that happens like a lot that. on the Threadwatch site, but I think that's, you know, it's a, uh, a bit more of a uh, 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 animated community. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's fun, but the thing is, it's like a lot of the need for the site has kind of went away for multiple reasons. It's if I don't have 18 hours a day to read RSS feeds, is, is probably one of the first ones. But the other ones are that there's a lot more um, other types of communities, you know, breaking various stories. And then another thing is a lot of the centralization of, of forums in general and that sort of stuff, a lot of that stuff, I think, has really spread out, especially amongst Internet marketers, where everyone's like, okay, well, I'll just get this on my blog because, you know, that way I'm building my name, my brand, my my authority and all that stuff, and I mean, how how can you fault people for for doing that? You know, and to maintain it the other way around, where it's a central hub, I might have to spend twelve or eighteen hours a day on the site. But if I do that, then I neg- <laughs> neglect most of my other projects. So it's like, what do you do? You know, so that's kind of where I'm at with that. How many hours a day do you spend keeping up with your various projects? Um, it depends from day to day. I actually, this is another thing, is I um. Um, six months ago to the day, I got a girlfriend, 
and I never had one before that, so I was like totally just an internet turd all the time. <laughs> and, and now I like have a super loving girlfriend that I try to hang out with a lot, and um, she's lots of fun to be around. So it's like I've been shunning a lot of stuff that I used to do. <laughs> so it really there you have it, readers. Though. Now you know. That's what happened. <laughs> it's always girl. it's always about the girls, ain't it? They they quietly say that's why all this stuff went to shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, not not to say I, no, I did. We did. There is. Of, it has she makes me a lot happier, down, but it's like, just in the um, number of postings you put out there, and like you're, you were one of the most proliferate writers out there for the longest time. You still are. I mean, you still are. You're still putting tons and tons of great material out. Um, but you know, you were on a. I, I guess t- six months ago does seem to fit for. Uh, you were on a serious tear there for for about two years. At yeah, one and point, kind of even ending off, up in But court. I think it's a good thing because I'm still doing. You know pretty well and most everything I'm doing is definitely working pretty well and I'm, yeah. and I'm spreading like a lot of the stuff I've been doing too coinciding with around that time frame or a little bit before so I've been working on a lot of stuff away from stuff associated with my name mm-hmm. but it's still kind of me <laughs> it just just sends text but no one knows it's me I guess kind of but um, I've been doing a lot more of that sort of stuff so it's because the SEO market in, in the long run you know every day the, the search system gets more complex and more people start leveraging the resources into it, big and small, and the algorithms seem like they've been on a progression for moving more and more towards pushing the larger sites. So it's like eventually the ROI won't be there for most people to, to you know, get an SEO unless they're really serious about, you know, doing a really good job with it. So it's like – and then another thing I think, too, is like by doing other projects, it, you know, a lot of other projects reviewing – you know, some largest sites on the web and then building some of my own sites up from scratch or, or you know, buying out sites and, and building them out and that sort of stuff definitely gives me a lot more stuff that I can talk about. It makes keeps me a lot more honest. I think a lot of people who um, get to, like, some level of, I don't know what word I want to use. I don't want to call it maybe success, but it's like um, some level of, you know, your income gets to a certain level and, and you're popular enough with this or that or whatever. And you just kind of keep feeding off that, but don't keep up with your market. I don't really like that, <laughs> doing that. I, I, I fear being the the, uh, the the false guru guy. You know, I always want to make sure I, I keep up with what's going on. So, so that's another reason why I do those who projects. don't move beyond doing SEO, who who stick in the in the same track year after year after year. Yeah, I honestly get, and I think um, Scott Smith um, or. <clears throat> one of my partners just told me, like, that uh, he thought, you know, that uh, I, he thought I just was instinctively a pretty good marketer, just as a, as a generalist, general marketer. And um, and I think, I mean, that's kind of more where I am than SEO. SEO is kind of how I got started on the web. And it was the easy opportunity back then. But now the, the easy opportunity is, like, then the stuff I said about, like, you know, creating content around the, the linking opportunities and, and, and that sort of stuff. So it's like integrating SEO into domaining and um, and just general marketing, just meshing all those together. Hey, we have a few more a few more minutes in this segment, and um, probably a thousand more questions that uh, we'd like to ask. Um, there's something I'd like to, to publicly recognize uh, with you, Aaron. Um, over the years, you've had you've had a you can see it in your writing a uh, quite a, a humanitarian streak. Um, do you, are you, do you participate with any nonprofits? Are you working with any nonprofits now? Not really, and, and part of that's uh, um, 
part of that is after I got like sued by like Traffic Power, that kind of like mm-hmm. <laughs> economically screwed me for a bit. Well, I did so, want to get to that. Yeah. Yeah. So so then I um so then I started caring about earning money a bit more before then. Um, and, and then now I've, I've honestly just been trying to, 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 I mean, I've helped certain people out, but I haven't, you know, I'm not probably as, as um, I don't know. I, I still think I, I need to build a lot more. I, it, it's hard balancing the whole, the whole giving versus growing type thing. And, um, and I definitely should do, probably be doing a lot more giving than I have been recently. What happened? You, you, you gave a whole bunch at the very beginning of your career when you took on traffic power. Um, what happened with that, and what's the outcome now? Um, you know, like forty grand or so of <laughs> of uh, lawyer bills when I was only making about that much a year, which is kind of sad given how much I knew about SEO. But um, what, and what's coming of it now? I mean, that, I guess that got me a lot of uh, respect amongst some some people in the community, and um, got me a lot of links and and exposure, and um, definitely helped me grow quicker. And then um, there's like a Wikipedia article about blogs and blogging, and uh, that, that stuff is cited in there. So it's kind of uh, that definitely will get a lot of citations going forward too, and also will hopefully prevent a lot of companies from trying to uh, silence bloggers. So that's kind of well, cool. Is that case over? Has uh, it's been kicked yes, out of definitely. court? And it's, it's, it's yeah, all it, it, they, yeah, it, it's been over for it's a blur now, but probably about two years, I think. Okay, are you uh, able to talk about Traffic Power or uh, 1P.com as they, as they were recently calling themselves? Uh, well, I know 1P.com recently sold a <laughs> domain auction for about uh, $19,500, so. Really? Okay. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know who bought it, but they're probably different people. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say, you know. Any industry that, any industry that, see, and the thing is, you never know, it's like, like with Enron, when they when they started out, they they probably weren't trying to be crooked, but then over time, you know, you, you realize you can cut a few corners and um, you could, you know, and then, and then you just keep taking off with it, and the greed fills, fills into itself. So I mean, um, I see how that can happen to a lot of companies. You know, that's been one of the reasons I've avoided ever wanting to scale because it's always easy to support me and you know maybe a few people around me, but. If I had like 50 employees, what if stuff ever went bad? You know, would, I, would these people, you know, end up jobless, or what? I'm doing some shifty to try to make it work. So that's just the hard part, you know. It's easy to criticize others, but I mean, a lot of people would do, you know, some some. A lot of people do some bad stuff in business anyway, you know. But so, I mean, I don't like how they were approaching people or what they were doing. But then, you know, other people probably do similar too, and they they were just made as like the the mascot for <laughs> unethical uh, SEO, you know, which, which I mean, they they, try, they pushed it and kind of built that brand onto themselves by, by doing the lawsuit stuff, but it's what it is, you know. Mm. Now, Aaron, I know we're, we're running a bit, a bit short on time. There is something I wanted to get from you for our, for our listeners here. And I mean, heck, I'm even interested in the answer to this one. Um, what, what would are your, now you're sort of moving out of, at SEO, a little more into marketing. So before you leave, uh, what uh, can you give our listeners an idea of what are the central resources um, that you have historically used and which ones you find the most valuable be these um, tools, but mostly in relation to um, you know, which, which forums do you recommend the most, which blogs do you recommend the most? 
Okay, and, uh, blog, forums, and tools. To to. Um, for tools, I, I like my SEO for Firefox plugin a lot for the for the tools because it just kind of gives me an overview of, of a marketplace. Um, you know, uh, another another nice tool is you know going out and if if you're in a vertical that's too competitive, go out and try to you know buy a competing site if you can. Um, <laughs> um, as far as what blogs, I read a lot. Um, search engine land. Um, I check out the front page on Webmaster World. Of course, I read Threadwatch, um, SEO Mouse, um, Wolfowl. There's really, I actually, it's, I'm going to leave some of them out because <laughs> it's not even. It's going to be hard. To, like Jim Boykin stuff's good, but then he rarely posts. Same with Greg, Greg Bozer. Um, so I mean, there's a lot of them I, I read, but it's it's like all on like um. All like in a feed reader or on like a Google custom homepage, so it's hard to even remember. There's so many of them that's hard to remember to even list at all, honestly. Because I got like a hundred of them or something. I mean, and I even then sometimes with my my what I'm interested in changes and like so I've been reading a lot of Frank Schilling's blog, he's a domainer, stuff like that. You know, are feeds going to change the uh, the nature of blogging? Like the way feeds are compiled on the screen, will they will they change how we blog? Um. I think the thing that, that you see, you'll see is um, the markets get more and more saturated. Um, just how kind of you see crappy old sites rank above higher quality new sites. I think you know that 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 same effect for blogging and blog exposure. The various feedback mechanisms: people subscribing to the same stuff, people reading the same stuff, people linking to the same stuff, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Those you know, there's even more feedback mechanisms for for blogging to have that stratified social hierarchy it's, it's really eventually hard to climb unless you have a, a, a sub niche that no one's really exploited yet so I mean I guess the answer is like you know feeds make it easy to, to, to see when stuff's new or changed but I don't think it's going to change you know generally how most people consume it's just the power users will be able to consume more stuff but um, that's about it, you know. Um, I don't, I don't see feeds going mainstream anytime soon. It, you know, it'll be a long time before they do. And, and the reality of it there also is that a lot of people are really lazy. So it's like the idea of even wanting to subscribe to a hundred blogs is beyond most people, you know. As uh, as time goes on, I see a lot of stratification happening in the market, and I see it. I see it sort of showing itself in, in some of the trade shows and conventions. Um, for instance, SMX Advanced is coming up in Seattle in a couple weeks. Um, and uh, the Elite Retreat is happening in a few weeks as well. Are, are, are you a part of the Elite Retreat groups? Um, I, I was involved with the first couple, but I'm not right now. So um, I'm, I, I guess I'm speaking at the SMX Advanced, though. Okay. Um, do you think it's Do you think it's important for uh, this? Is actually one of the last questions. I just got a message from the engineer. We have to go to break pretty soon. But um, do you think it's important that the conferences start to stratify like this? More basic conferences, more advanced conferences, um, more specific to the users, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's. Uh, I think what happens is 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 the market is getting more complex. A lot of people who really know what are going on is are talking less or are really busy still keeping their businesses going and are, are you know trying to build up before it gets much more complex. So they're you know the, so they're the ones stuck at the top with everything. 
Um, so you're not seeing a lot as much of those voices, but I, I think those, you know, all of us like going out and um, hanging out and getting to see each other, and it's great to be able to see guys like, you know, Greg Bozer, Dave Naylor, and, uh, you know, Danny Sullivan. I, I think there will be a lot of the, the smaller niche conferences and a lot more of the, uh, you know, just the various sub-conferences like Danny's doing. You know, there's one on social media, and there's one on local, and that sort of stuff, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. The smaller conferences are a lot of fun, actually. You can get a lot more intimate, a lot more um, more good conversations happening with people. Um, Aaron, I'm afraid uh, this good conversation has to come to an end. We're at the end of our show, and... Uh, Dude, thank you so much for being on the alternative today. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for having me, Dave and Jim, and hope you guys' day's great. Good talk to you soon, man. Yep, um, that was Aaron Wall from SEObook.com. This is Jim Hedger on behalf of Dave Davies. Uh, thank you so much. This has been the alternative on WebmasterRadio.fm, sponsored by the ISEDN. We'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>